0: wonderful. If you have any Bibles with you, please turn with me to Psalm 8. I'm going to read the whole of Psalm 8 here, just as we prepare to explore what the Lord has to say to us this morning. O Lord, our Lord, How majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honour. You made him rule over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Heavenly Father, what a precious thing it is when we can open your holy words, your holy scriptures, and learn from them to grow closer to you in studying them. This morning, I pray that you help us to have ears to hear, hearts to receive what it is that you want to teach us this morning. And we ask this in your Son's name, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 The UK government is to relax the regulation of gene-edited crops to enable commercially, sorry, commercial growing in England. Environment Secretary George Eustace said that he would be working closely with farming and environmental groups to help grow plants that are stronger and more resilient to climate change. Gene editing has the ability to harness the genetic resources that nature has provided. It is a tool that could help us tackle some of the biggest challenges that we face. Genetically modified crops often involve the addition of extra genes, sometimes from a completely different species and in some instances, the insertion of DNA from animals. Scientists believe that they can use gene editing to develop fruit, vegetables and cereals that are more nutritious and productive, as well as hardier variants that can withstand the extremes of weather brought about by climate change. As a Westminster government's first step, Legalisation will be passed later this year to do away with the need for scientists to apply for a licence to carry out open-air trials of gene-edited crop that could have been produced through traditional crossbreeding. In the longer term, ministers will review England's approach to regulation covering all genetically modified organisms This includes changes that might allow the commercial development and farming of gene-edited and genetically modified animals. Such animals can be made to be more productive, resistant to some diseases and even better able to withstand hot weather. The news has been welcomed by many scientists working in the field, Professor Helen Sang works at the Roslyn Institute in Edinburgh where researchers have developed gene-edited pigs that are resistant to a type of lung disease. Wednesday's announcement is a first step towards reducing unnecessary and unscientific regulatory barriers to the use of advanced breeding techniques which are precise and targeted, allowing us to make specific genetic changes, she said. This is taken from a BBC report that was produced on Tuesday of this week, for those who may have seen it. How has it got to the point that in order for us to provide sustainable food for the future, we are exploring altering the natural God-given DNA of food, Animals. I remember once watching about six years ago a documentary about um, this laboratory who were trying to pre- uh, 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 create a beef substitute using natural uh, products, natural resources from the world. Actually, they got it pretty good. You know, they, they, they it looked like beef. The consistency, when they broke it apart, looked and that and, and was the same as beef. When, it, when they put the beef patty, because they were trying to make a beef burger, when they stuck that on the grill, it sizzled away like beef would. The problem was, and their disappointment, they could just never get it quite right with the juices that you would find in a well-cooked beef, uh, beef burger. Now, I remember watching this and thinking, Actually, that's quite impressive. It's quite impressive that they're doing that, but they're using natural products that God has already instituted in the world to do this. And the reason why they were doing this because beef wasn't sustainable because of our demand for it. But we now find ourselves in a situation that we have the ability to manipulate DNA. Manipulate DNA in living creatures, in order to produce the food that we want, in the way that we want it. (coughs) GM foods are already being grown and sold around the world, primarily in America at this point in time. Milk, soya milk, corn on the cob, squash, zucchini, potatoes, seedless watermelon, And rice. We in the UK here most likely have, through that link, been exposed to genetically modified foods already. A lot of food, uh, sorry, animal feed, has products in it that has come from genetically modified farms. So it goes without saying, isn't it? The animals eat the food. The cycle of life. We eat the animals or the produce of the animals. Milk bread, eggs. So we have come into an exposure of this already. Now this morning I don't want to stand here and argue if this is biblically or ethically correct or not, or point fingers at the scientists working in the area. I want to ask the question, how did it even about whether it's that's right or wrong. In essence, that's for another argument that we could have and explore. And I've got my own views in Scripture as to whether that's right or wrong, as I'm sure you have. But actually, the underlying question is, how did it even get to this point? i would suggest to you that there are two fundamental failings mankind has made that has led to this point in time that we find ourselves in. And the first is this. We have taken our eyes off the responsibility of stewardship. Mankind has taken our eyes off the responsibility of stewardship in God's creation. Let's turn. Let's go right back to the beginning. Let's go to Genesis. We're going to be jumping in and out of some scripture today. And this is nothing new. These are well-known verses we're going to be looking at today. But I want us just to get to the point of remembrance. Just to help us to bring it back to the forefront of our minds. Genesis 1:26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the livestock over all the earth and all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. And over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you seed-bearing plants. Sorry, every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth. And every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground. Everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. What a gift! God Almighty looked to mankind to look after this incredible planet, this incredible creation that He made, to subdue it, to tend it, to garden it, to look after it, to have dominion or sovereignty or control over the birds, the animals and the fish. He provided food for us via the seed-bearing plants and the fruit-producing trees, and he even gave the green-leafed plants as food to the animals. For those of you that want to get out and eat your salad, there's maybe an argument you can use. We actually got gave the green leaves to, for, for the animals. I'll see how if I can get out of that one. No, no, my wife has spoken. All in all, we had everything, everything mankind could ever need and one. What a beautiful thing. But as we know, the full scuppered that plan. Mankind banished from this perfection for succumbing to the deception the devil, of Satan, and disobeying God by eating the fruit that he forbid them to eat. Man's punishment, but they would need to toil and work the ground. They, they would have to toil and work the ground to get the same benefit that they could have been, they could have got freely from God in the garden. Our responsibility to steward the earth and everything still stood. Still stood the day that Adam and Eve were banished as it it does today. Stewardship still stands. But it was just going to take some hard work, some hard graft to maintain and steward the earth. Instead of what would have been a wonderful, joyous Task if mankind hadn't disobeyed God. How many gardeners are there? Here. Who likes a good garden? That's a difference <laughs> Oh, no, that's true. That is true. There is a good difference. Who likes a good garden? Who likes gardening? Sam? Great. No, wonderful. Brilliant. Who likes putting weeds? Yeah. Joy, you don't, do you? Ah, you like Kelly. Kelly liked putting weeds. It's hard work, that's what it is. I enjoy I enjoy sitting in our garden, well our previous garden, after Kelly had done it, but yeah, I didn't you know enjoy putting the weeds and everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's hard work, isn't it? It's hard work gardening. It's no wonder that mankind has over centuries tried to find easier ways to work. Do we not all do that? You're trying to find an easier way of doing it that, you know, doesn't, that, you know, tire us out or, you know, or we get some mechanical product just to do it for us, that's easier. The problem is that in doing so, over these centuries, the planet has been abused. Abused and neglected in our effort to try to find easier ways of doing things. God has blessed humanity with the tools and skills to evolve. And haven't we done that? Steam power, electricity, mule and plough replaced the tra- sorry, mule and plough replaced by the tractor, donkey and cart replaced by trucks. All wonderful inventions. But since the fall, there has been one thing that has underpinned most. Not all, but most. Desire of progression. It's been driven a lot of the time by greed. By greed. Greed for power. Greed for money. Greed for physical possession. You don't have to spend a lot of time looking at history to see that actually a lot of these incredible inventions, though they may have come out of a desire for good. There's always someone very closely behind who says, I'll have that, and I'm gonna earn money from it. I'm gonna exploit it. It's poisoned mankind, taking our focus off of our first responsibility that God gave us from the beginning of the world being created to look after and care for his creation. To live in harmony and share the resources that He, He gave us as a gift. We spend a lot of time looking at God's um, greatest creation, that's you and me, in churches. And that absolutely is important for us (laughs) to do. Of course we need to focus on mankind. We see. but don't forget, God loves His wider creation, particularly the animals. And we see glimpses of this throughout the New Testament. Sorry, not just the New Testament the Bible. We could, you could even say, well, actually, God was the one that first instituted uh, the RSPCA. Right? Look at this, Deuteronomy: Do not muzzle the ox while it is treading out the grain. Animal welfare, straight there. Look after your animal. I've oh, blessed it. To you so that it can help you work the land. Look after it, don't muzzle it. Exodus 23:4. If you come across your uh, enemy's ox or donkey wandering off, be sure to return it. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you fall down under its heavy load, do not leave it there. Be sure you help with it. How often, how often has mankind sat back and allowed mass swathes of the rainforest to be cut down to meet the needs of consumerism. Our seas become rubbish dumps, as you can see. Our skies filled with the fumes of industrial gas. Our countryside, our farmland destroyed to make way for more homes, motorways, and businesses. What's happened or happening to all the wild animals out there? What's happening to them in all this progression? For man to evolve and to build and to, uh, to, to buy and sell and do business with each other. These animals still rely on us to fulfill our God-given responsibility to care for this planet, this home that he's given us all. What are we doing to ourselves? I know there are a few of us here that struggle with asthma. I often wonder why that, why? Where does asthma come from? I'll tell you one thing. The gas in the air doesn't help. What are we doing to ourselves? The very trees we are cutting down are the very trees that are currently and have always taken the pollutants out of the air so that we can breathe. We go to the supermarkets and we buy our nicely wrapped food, don't we? Do we know where it comes from? Do we? We want convenience food, food we can get now. Do we know what's in it? We're in this harvest, or coming to the end of this harvest season. But to be honest with you, Church, that means very little. It means very little in our society. Since or before coming to welcome, I hadn't celebrated harvest in the church for probably eighteen years. Why? don't know. I never asked the question. It just wasn't something that was ever part of our church and calendar. But we never celebrated harvest. And God's goodness to us in that sense. Society is not in tune anymore with the farming calendar. Why? Because the time, and day we want it, for any part of the world we want, the result is that God's sovereignly ordained seasonal cycle designed to keep us in a pattern, us in a pattern, and also provide for us by the produce of the land, are very quickly just becoming wonderful stories about tractors and farmlands. You've only got to go into London, maybe, maybe even maybe Oxford or Oxford City Centre. I'm not sure, but definitely London. I know for sure that there are kids in Oxford, uh, sorry, in London, that have never, ever, ever been to the countryside. Ever, they have never seen farmland, only in books. What does? The, the, the seasonal cycle, the farming cycle, what does that mean to them? They live in a jungle, a, a concrete jungle, where they can get whatever they want, whenever they want it. The closest they come to a cycle is maybe summer, winter, and the sun going up and down earlier or, or later. That's, that's about as close as they get to it. Society is out of tune. It's easier for us here in Whitney because we're surrounded by fields. You've only got to drive two minutes out Whitney. you find that you're in a farmland somewhere. So we can see that cycle still happening, but there are many who don't. Church, I want to remind us this morning that this earth that we are standing on, that we're sitting on this morning, the planet that we are part of, the animals, the birds, the plants, the trees, they are all God's. They are all God's. He created them. He owns them. He sustains them. And they belong to him, not us. The day will come when mankind will have to answer for our stewardship of God's creation. Revelation gives us a glimpse of this. Revelation eleven eighteen: 18. The nations were angry and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth." So we, the first point that I wanted to highlight was we've taken our eyes of our responsibility to steward this incredible gift that God has given mankind. The second is this, mankind has forgotten to remember that God is their provider. He is our provider. Again, I'm going to turn to a very well-known passage that we all know. Turn with me to Matthew 6. Matthew 6 25. We all know this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. This is Jesus speaking. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look to the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet our heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendour, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire will he not much more clothe you oh you of little faith so do not worry about what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what shall you, uh, we wear for the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Yes, Jesus is talking about worry. Pretty basically the premise of that is what he, he's talking into worry. But it gives us a beautiful picture, doesn't it? Of how God wants to care and bless for mankind those who call upon Him and surrender to Him. I don't think. Jesus could get any clearer on how much God loves us and how much he wants to provide for us in that short passage. Scripture, the psalms particularly are filled with example of God's desire to provide for his creation. Psalm 104, uh, young lions roar after their prey and they seek their meat from God. Psalm 145, the eyes of all to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. Psalm 36, your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, your justice like the ocean depths. You care for people and animals alike. In Psalm 136, he gives food to every living being. Every living being. Say that again. All in all, you just another in a wall. <laughs> Very true. Very true. <clears throat> Isn't it wonderful that we have a God, the creator of all things that has supplied, all we need on this planet for us all to flourish and live. So why has it all gone wrong? Why do our seas look like that? I would simply suggest to you this morning that this whole problem revolves around righteousness. <coughs> Mankind doesn't need God. Or so they say, we didn't need God. We can make it on our own. We can do this by ourselves. I'm my own person. I'll give it my own way. Mankind have become their own gods. God God warned Israel of this very danger thousands of years ago. He warned them to not forget him and become self-righteous. Yeah, we've got time. Let's do it. Turn with me, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 8. It's a big chunk I want to read here, but I really want us to understand what God is saying. Because it's similar now today as it was when he first spoke it to his people. And this has just come after God has instituted the Ten Commandments. And Moses has come down and gathered the people together. And this is coming toward the tail end of his announcement to them. And he says this let's start at the start of verse 6. Observe the commandments of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are ironed and you can dig copper, out of the hills. I mean, what a blessing. Imagine hearing that when you've been wandering around the, desert, around the wilderness in the desert. My gosh, that's what God's prepared for us. What a wonderful thing. Verse 10, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commandments, his laws, his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then... Your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreaded desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known to humble and to test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourselves, my power and my strength of of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is today. Humanity has forgotten their God. And the very consequence that God warned would happen to his people thousands of years ago, we are still seeing today. He warned them, didn't they? I will provide this incredible land for you. I will do it all. You're my people. Just be careful to not forget me. The one who gives it to you. Be careful that when you build all your houses and your businesses and, 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 and you, you, you build your wealth and all your possessions that you don't forget me. Don't become proud. It all came from me. And I want to care and love for you. But what have we done? We've done the very thing God told us not to do. He warned us. He warned the people back then, and he's still warning us today. Don't forget him. All of the skills that every one of us have in this room this morning are from him. Everything we have, our possessions, they are his, that he has given and allowed us to possess and be blessed with. Don't hold them too tight and become proud. Because God may well just place someone in your path who needs what you have. And he's looking to you to test you to do the right thing in that moment. That happens every day. It's why we take a collection. It's why uh, during harvest services we gather food in. Because it helps us to remind us as God is our provider, he looks to us, his people, to provide for those who cannot provide for themselves. know about you, I find that an incredible privilege. Absolute privilege. Be careful. When our goal, whether intentional or unintentionally, is self-righteousness, we should not be surprised. That when pride and greed and power manifest, it is a byproduct of those naturally anyway. And I'm sure every single one of us here has seen pride, greed, and power in people, their desire for it. There are examples of this around the world. We've just got to look to North Korea as an example. They're farmers. The people living out of the cities are struggling, they're starving, there's not enough food. And the reason for that primarily is because the country wants to build nuclear weapons and armaments for power so that they can be seen as a powerful nation in the world. But at what cost? At what cost? South America. I've never been there. I'd love to go to South America. It's such an incredibly amazing part of the world. But as we all know, there are cartels there. There are gangs there. there They're exploiting God's creation in order to grow drugs so that they can use those for power and money making and extortion. that verse we looked at, when Jesus was talking about looking to the birds and the leaves of the fields, remember what he said at the very end? Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all this will be added to you. We've got it wrong. (laughs) We've made it difficult for ourselves, haven't we? We've, We've stood and said, no, I can do this and I will do this myself. And God's like... I want to bless you with everything you need, not necessarily what you want, but everything you need to live. But seek my righteousness. Because I am the only true uh, righteousness in the the whole universe. It's ever been and ever will be. Each of us, individually, cannot change the world. It's a big job when you think about it, isn't it? I can't change the whole world just by myself. but. I can do my little bit. I can do my little bit with what God's given me. And I, and I don't say that because environmentalists are throwing it down my throat, though I'll be honest with you. I thank them that they are. I thank them that there are environmentalists out there, the ones who do it peacefully anyway, who are reminding us we've got to look after this planet. Now, they may, they may not call Jesus Lord and Saviour of their life, but actually, there are a lot of environmentalists out there that can see the creation and the beauty of it and they understand the simplicity, the simplicity of the fact that if we keep abusing it is going to have a, a dramatic effect and it already is. But I don't say it because of environmentalists, but I say it because God still expects you and me as his children to care for his creation hasn't changed since Genesis. So, the challenge this week, I like a good challenge. The challenge this week is to look at your lifestyles, whether that's individually, in a couple, in a family, whatever it might be. You've got kids, get the kids involved. Look at your lifestyles. Is what you're doing good for creation? You know, is how you're living good for creation? Are your habits adding to the pollution and the rubbish that are just being discarded? Are we doing enough in our own little patch to care for God's creation? Here are some things that you can do. Get rid of all your cleaning products. Vinegar and bicarbonate soda. I'm sure there's some of you here have, have done this in the past or probably still do it. There is not much that you cannot clean at home without simply using vinegar and bicarbonate soda. But it doesn't have all the other chemicals that we buy in our flash and whatever, whatever else it is. Be careful in the products you buy. Change the way that you make tea. Careful. Say. <laughs> Careful! You can see Kelly like this loud. Yeah. Um, tea bags. Many, many, most tea bags have plastic in it. They can't. They can't. It doesn't degrade. The tea leaves, of course, they do. The tea bags don't. Drink coffee. Drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so um, loose tea. Look at loose tea as an example. Boil uh, boil less water for your tea as well because that uses energy. Of course, we could be here all day doing this, couldn't we? Uh, uh, Do less laundry or use eco balls. Who's ever used an eco ball? Yeah, see, we've used eco balls, haven't we? They're wonderful little things. They're just granted they are a little plastic ball, okay? But (laughs) 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 what's that? Is that some oxymoron? Is it? Um, However, I mean, they, they lasted us what over a year, didn't it? It's one little plastic ball, and it's full up with little mineral pellets, and you just put it in with your washing, no detergent, no softener, and it just washes your clothes. I found it quite amazing, actually. Um, maybe that's a, an example. Shop seasonally and support local farmers. Have a couple of vegetarian meals in the week. There's another one. Recycle. This is all stuff we know, isn't it? We know all of this stuff. Reuse items, plastic bottles. My gosh, the amount of plastic bottles we go through. Switch your lights, don't leave you on standby. And um, I'm not looking at anyone when I say this, but if you're cold, uh-huh. <laughs> put a jumper on, don't turn the heating up. Oh, I'm gonna get it in the neck for that one later. Um, just some examples there, and there are many, many, many others. The band would like to, uh, to come up. As we close today, I just, yeah, I'm just i so grateful that Welcome as a church recognizes and celebrates harvest in a harvest service like today. I, I think it's something that actually more churches need to get back to. I believe they still do it in schools. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. school teachers. So, do you know what I mean? So, there are people still trying to remember this incredible. a day that we can celebrate the goodness of God and thank Him for the blessing of provision and abundance. I thank Him that irrespective of how mankind has abused the world around us, in His mercy and His mercy alone, the world still spins. Each year, spring brings new life. New animals, new new flowers, new trees. Each summer, the crops still grow. And each fall, as the leaves are falling, crops and harvests are still harvested and stored so that there is enough food for the winter. Church, as we close our service today, as we sing to God in our closing song, I really want us to remember that. Remember God's provision for us. Remember this planet that he's given us. And as we should always do, remember the ultimate gift that he gave us, Jesus Christ. Because we wouldn't be here today being able to worship knowing that we are free and have hope if it wasn't for him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for this incredible planet Help us just to pause and just take stock of your creation, to look at it, to allow the awe of it just to consume us for a moment. Fill us with wonder at how incredible your design is and was. We are so sorry, as has already been said today, Lord, for our abuse of a gift that you gave to us freely and a responsibility that you gave to us to look after. (coughs) We are, are here today off the backs of generations of people who have tried to do the right things, but other people have exploited it. But Lord, I ask that you encourage us this morning, by the power of your Holy Spirit, as we leave here today to look at our own lives, how we live, what we buy, why we buy it. Help us to support local farmers and our local communities. Care for those people who we know are struggling. Lord, we pray that all this food that we brought here today from Beeson, Lord, will they know the power of your love through Jesus Christ when this food is delivered to them? That you don't just want to sustain them through food, but you want to give them a hope and a future. Lord, we are sorry, but we are also incredibly grateful. Because of your mercy, you still keep the cycles going, you you still keep this planning moving, and you still keep providing for us. Help us to be a mouthpiece for your goodness and your righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.